Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels. Our guest this episode, we've got Dane Hyde from Bismarck, North Dakota. You can find Dane online at DH Custom Baits or on social media. Dane is a custom bait painter. He's the first uh, custom bait painter that I've, I've had on the show. And so it's really fun to get to know Dane. And, and I wasn't really sure where this conversation was going to go because, you know, ultimately, you know, for a lot of us, you listen to this while well, custom bait painting, like, like it's a pretty quiet conversation, especially outside of tournament angling. You know, not, not everybody is, is, is rushing um, in line to pay more money to have their baits you know, repaint it or something like that. And you, you go up and down at the retail level, up and down the aisles, and you see a lot of our favorite baits, like whether it's crank baits for summertime fishing, lipless cranks, or, you know, glide baits or whatever. It's like winter and summer, whatever it is, like, like there's just so many choices out there already. Like why, why would we care about having our baits repainted uh, to look custom? But you know, with Dane, as I found out in this conversation, it definitely, I guess I'll say this, it definitely piqued way more interest and and sort of triggered way fishier thoughts in my head than I ever thought it would. And I think from an angling standpoint, custom baits can be a major contributor to confidence. When you know you're throwing a bait that you're the only you're the only person on any given body of water that's ever thrown a bait that looks like that. When you buy something custom, something that either you had, you know, you had a design and you needed somebody like Dane to paint it up or, you know, for me talking to Dane, I realized he's the guy that I want painting my baits or somebody like him because he's more than just a passionate angler. And he totally is. We, we talk about, you know, being born and raised here in central North Dakota. He's a Sakakawea guy, Missouri River system. He fishes all the, the high level local tournaments across the state of North Dakota. So he's definitely definitely knows his way uh, uh, around a boat and finding fish and, and he's got he's very much uh, very much a passionate angler and also you know he's building his skills as an artist and so the baits look cool but is there more than that absolutely with Dane he's got the science background I, I didn't even see this coming but you know Dane he's an educated guy he understands fish biology so he can you know have so much more intention and knowledge uh, you know just objectively put into designing uh you know a a paint scheme on a particularly proven bait for any given body of water whether you're going to go fish sakakawea you know dane can can go on and on about the colors and types of baits specific baits now you know uh uh, that are going to work on that body of water and then you can go across over to the Great Lakes and all the fishing that happens over there and you know Dane again he's very much plugged into the tournament world as far as you know uh, painting baits for tournament anglers but I think that this I think this was kind of a fun conversation I think you know for some of us it might be a little bit of a novelty and and you don't have to be one way or the other you don't have to have all your tackle custom painted you don't have to um, you know it, it, it's not like it's one or the other uh, I think that there's a time and a place where a guy could definitely utilize having some custom baits, confidence baits in your tackle box for situations that you know you're going to be in often as an angler, whether you're a tournament angler or not. It's definitely something that could contribute to you know, your fish catching without a doubt. And we all have those stories where colors mattered, right? Like, like even if color isn't the biggest, uh, you know, uh, priority on your list of like, 
you know, we got to find fish first, right? Or, or we got to, you know, we got to figure out other patterns first. We got to be on fish. We got to put our bait in front of fish. And, and there's definitely days where a, a color, a specific color doesn't really rise to the top, but we all have stories. We all have confidence in certain colors that we know work for whatever reason. And I just feel like this, these custom painted baits are just on another level that uh, you know the detail and just everything the, the science that goes into it that you know it, it, I think in certain situations it might put your confidence to another level and I, I just I'm intrigued by that I was intrigued by this conversation I really enjoyed getting to know Dane so anyways I'm rambling on here a little bit but it was just it was just really fun I didn't know where where this conversation was gonna really go um, and I just ended up really thoroughly enjoying it and I hope that you guys do too let's get into it we've got Dane Hyde from Bismarck North Dakota we're talking custom bait painting. Let's do it. This episode of the JMO podcast is brought to you by the CS1 suit from Cold Snap. This jacket and bib combination is good for all seasons. The jacket featuring the full event lamination, 100% waterproof shell with waterproof YKK zippers, fleece lined hand warm pockets on the chest, magnetic closures on the pockets, hideaway D-rings for accessories, especially like your Cold Snap toothpick. Zip out the inner liner featuring Primaloft 900 gold insulation, HydroFloat technology. Wear this cold snap logoed performance liner as a separate jacket on the ice. Or you can just wear it around town as nice as it is. The bibs matching the jacket system. We're talking the lamination, the waterproof, the zippers, fleece lined, warming pockets on the chest, magnetic closures on all the high use pockets, and the hideaway D-rings for all your accessories again. Zip out the inner liner pants featuring the Primaloft 900 gold insulation, HydroFlow technology, removable knee pads. You can take them out, replace them whenever they're worn, or just take them out when you're wearing it in the summer. Because in the summer, in the boat, you can wear this shell as your highest performance rain gear. Wear the entire system in the ice season or as layers and mix and match the components to fit whatever the weather conditions are. The gloves, cold snap performance gear hoodies, event soft shell jackets and vests, all of that and more details can be found at coldsnapoutdoors.com. That link is in the description of this podcast or through other pro staff partners. Everybody listening to this podcast has a passion for the outdoors. Wouldn't it be great? Or have you ever even thought about how great it would be to live and work in and around like-minded people, making a difference, contributing to the resources that you love so much? The North Dakota Game and Fish Department is hiring. If you're just starting out, if you're looking to build your resume, seasonal wildlife and fisheries technicians are the perfect way to gain experience and spend the summer with cool people just like you. If you're currently sitting in your office, you're sick of staring at the same four walls, enough is enough. Join a team of elite outdoor conservationists and become a district game warden. If you or somebody that you know needs to learn more about these opportunities, head to the link that is in the description of this podcast. That's gf.nd.gov slash jobs. Um, Dane Hyde, man, this is our first time ever talking, so I'm really excited about where we might end up with this. And I think that we're definitely going to touch on some things that are a little unique. I, you know, uh, you and your business, uh, DH Custom Baits, you do, you know, bait painting. We're going to get into all that. Um, I'm excited about that because I've never had anybody like you that, uh, or anybody that does what you do on before. So that's uh, I'm very interested in a lot of those things. But to start it off, I got to get to know you. You've never been on before. We've never spoken before. Um, so tell me, you know, who you are, where you're from. Give me a little bit of your fishing background 
background, uh, you know, just kind of where your passion for all this started, man. Go back to the beginning. Go ahead. All right. Um, Name is Dane Hyde. I I grew up in Southern North Dakota, kind of just northwest of Bismarck a little bit. And and I got to say it was my my dad that got us all into fishing. I mean, we were, if we weren't fishing from shore at Stanton, we were in the boat on Skakawea or in the boat on on, uh, Missouri as well. And I mean, from the from the get go, we always helped him pour his own bottom bouncers and jigs and tied up spinner blades all day long. That's kind of where our, I said passion always was um, when it came to fishing, and then you know later in life when I started doing the custom painting as well. So you were kind of baptized, like you say, North Dakota um, on Sakakawea. You, you know, a wall, are you just like a walleye guy through and through? Tell me a little bit about some of the more meaningful like fishing stories and memories you feel like have kind of cultivated who you are today as an angler. Yeah. Walleye has been kind of the uh, main goal since, since I was pretty little, especially if I was with my dad. I mean, we don't run out to Nelson Lake all the time and try to catch as many bluegill and, and largemouth bass or whatever the heck would bite on, on what we had to offer. Um, that was, that was the initial, you know, initial baptism into the fishing, I guess, but, but walleye has been pretty much the the core um, throughout the years here. I've dabbled and I kind of always wanted to catch the, all the species of North Dakota too. So I've I've in the latest last few years, I guess I've been kind of gearing towards that. Helping my I have a six year old boy that has a passion for the outdoors, which I I am absolutely grateful for. And he just loves fishing. He's great in the boat, and and now I kind of want to get him not so centered on one one uh species of fish and get them into um kind of chasing the catch rather than or the bite i guess rather than what's on the end of it kind of you mentioned already at an early age you saw your dad you guys were involved in kind of building the components like you know not everybody does that that is slightly unique so maybe tell me a little bit of that story in detail some of the you know more meaningful things that you were exposed to you that you can remember that really you know made this into uh you know where you're at today because man you you do a lot of cool stuff like i'm just on social media scrolling and see some really 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 cool artwork here so i just want to get into it yeah absolutely um so like i said i i helped my dad tie up spinner blades i'm sure some of them were gaudy and probably would never catch a fish in a million lifetimes but that's where it all started and then uh i went off to i got through high school and and uh college and I got came back to Bismarck in about 2012 um, with my chiropractic degree and started doing that and my wife and I we had a, we bought a house like our second year here and no dog just us two and kind of got into a rut where we kind of would do our own thing each night and I always have to have a hobby I, I guess I can thank my mother for that she's always kind of got two or three things going on at the same time but if I wanted a hobby and I, I was looking into building rods and just the amount of time and detail into one rod and then the, the margin on it wasn't necessarily great. And I started kind of looking elsewhere and I started stumbling on uh, YouTube videos of, of custom painting. And there wasn't that many guys out, especially putting the videos online and started watching that. I think I bought my first kit for $50 or so off of Amazon and, Got started with that with a, maybe a couple of colors of paint and, and doing some jigs and, and random blanks you could find at that given time and 
trying to do it cheap because well it's it's a hobby you're not selling anything and and uh, further and further i got i uh started posting pictures online um started using some of the baits and and was happy to catch fish on those and and then i got a, a buddy of mine um norm was fishing a lot of the mwc trail at that time and he wanted this certain style of bait and that was kind of the first bait or first color that i ever did for somebody and the ball got rolling after that that was eight nine years ago i think um and then with that skills always seem to improve or at least you hope they do uh, with all the practice and and now i just rather than quantities i start i like doing small quantities and, and higher detail and and it's just it's kind of funny to see where the way it evolved even on my end yeah like but i mean when you're choosing a hobby like i'm just i'm like i'm just like wrapping my head around this because this is i find this to be interesting like an interesting part of of all of it like when somebody's skilled like you are and you're talking about that it you know you've developed and all that that's that's totally fair but like even at the beginning like we all like to pick hobbies, you know, things to do in our free time. Like it's rare for people to really challenge themselves. Usually it's like something that's already maybe a little bit in your wheelhouse. It's always, you know, like if it was easy, everybody would do it. You know, you see where I'm going with this? Like, oh, like, like was the artwork and like, it just that, you know, that, that fine detail stuff, was that something that like you were just good at right away? Was there other examples of that in your life? You know what? My mom is a, uh, she's a hairstylist mainly or was for about 45 years or something like that. And, and with that is some art too, but then she did a lot of home decorating and, and her mom as well. My grandma was a, a, a watercolor artist and did really well. And I didn't think I had a, a artistic bone in my body, but we got into high school and we had, we took an art class senior year. You know, I was trying to try to skate through the end of that one and, and uh, <laughs> took an art class and uh, we had to do, we went through all the different, different styles of art, I guess there was, but the actual like sketch art portrait type stuff we were supposed to bring in a, a picture and that was going to be our project for the year and i completely spaced bringing a picture in so i had to do i had to use a picture of one of my classmates it was her brother graduated a couple years ahead of me knew him pretty well and kind of had to laugh because it turned out really well and um i think they took it up to the state fair and it won some some uh different different awards or something like that i'm not really sure but i always had to laugh that it did look good it still looks good to this day but we got a framed drawing of a buddy's brother sitting in our house all the time oh that's funny so i kind of find the irony in it but and then after that i mean i really never did too many artistic driven tasks or, or jobs or hobbies so i don't know it just it was one of those things that just i, I came kind of analytical in my, my thought process and if you know i you back to your color wheels and what makes what color and and straight lines where the eyes drawn to it it kind of put sense into into the actual baits themselves what was that moment where it kind of became maybe a little bit more of a hobby maybe you sort of realized that you kind of hit like a certain level of something like you know what i mean i i can remember the day that my buddy norm ordered that first bait because we were wife and i were laying in bed and i got the text or the i think it was an email even of what this guy was wanting and how many he wanted and what baits he wanted them on and i rolled over and I said, I think I just sold some baits and she probably didn't <laughs> yeah, care yeah, too yeah, much at yeah. that point. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Whatever. And that was, it was kind of that Canon event. Like it, that's where it all started. That was the first bait. It was, it was a goldfish pattern and he was going, he was going to use them at devil's lake. And I mean, it's just ever, ever since then it's been, 
it's been kind of nuts. And then to kind of tack on to that last uh, last series of questions there, I have a zoology background. I have a bachelor's in zoology. And so I've always been, and my, my plan was to be a game of fish biologist. Oh, there you go. So that, that's my kind of my artwork to bait fish, what they want to eat. And, and as a tournament fisherman, you're always kind of going for that edge as well. I like, you know, that, that biology background or that zoology background. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you got to mention that. I mean, that's, uh, that kind of, you got to feel like that makes a, a pretty large contribution to, uh, to your, you know, just your thought process. Absolutely. But yep. I also want to, as we go through that and like, like your progression in your career, I kind of want to know at the same time, sort of the process of all this, like, like, what are we talking about here? Like, you know, you, your buddy texts you, he wants some baits. When you're a custom bait painter, like, like what's the part of the process that you could share with us? Like you, you order some baits wholesale, um, you know, you paint them like, 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 like learning that part of the trade on a high level. Tell me a little bit about that. Educate me a little bit on the process. Yeah. So the sourcing of baits has always been kind of the difficult spot because you want to get, you want to get something that in my mind, I always want something that's that's tried and true. So, you know, a wrap with a shad wrap um, or, the, or the jig and wrap or a Berkeley flicker shad, you know, those baits are, they dominate wall space at every store. doesn't matter if it's a little mom and pop shop or shields, you know, they're pretty apparent that they work well. There's a lot of colors to choose from. So when you're trying to find baits, I, I hate to get these kind of the knockoff baits and ones that may like look like a shad wrap, but they're made out of plastic. Uh, might not run right. So the sourcing of baits is kind of where I have always hung my hat on trying to get the best stuff I can. Um, it might not be name brand. It might be different. It might look different. It might be a knockoff, but I want to make sure that it's going to fish well, uh, that I would use it as a main, I guess, main point. Um, and, I, and I want other people to have success with it. So not just my color on there, but also the the bait itself. This doesn't fail. Um Riding in, in a, you know, over the rough ice in a plano, I want that paint to stick, and I don't want the bait to break either. Uh, but my like my open water stuff that I do for a lot of the tournament fishermen, that's all name brand stuff. So it's out of the package, off the off the rack, and then I paint it and put it back in, and, and they go away and do their thing. So at least I can eliminate one of the variables of having a bad bait or a bad batch of baits because I've run into that before in the past. Um, but the, the open water stuff is is nice and easy. Um, it's ice fishing stuff that usually kind of takes the the cake and difficulty sourcing everything, split rings, hooks, everything you got to do for them. Um, that's kind of where the real work uh, of the hobby, I guess it takes place. My, my wife and kids will watch me hang hooks for hours on end after work. <laughs> so, right on. Is there a lot of secrets in this? Like as far as like, um, you know, the, the, the type of paint you use, you know, your process, you know, like, uh, you know, you know, from, just how you apply it, the, you know, the type of products that you use, like, you know, the eyeballs, like, like, like when you look at all the detail that goes into it, it's like, it's very fancy work. Is this like a really competitive business? There's a lot of secrets or what, what can you tell me about your process and just, um, you know, just there's how much handiwork goes into a finished product. It's kind of funny you mentioned that because there are, it's, it's like a secret society each person, everyone, everyone kind of follows their own painter that they like. And, and that's hundred percent understandable. Um, but there are a lot of, of trialed efforts in that paint booth. You try a lot of things, you spend money to try to figure it out. And then when you figure it out, you kind of hold that one near and dear to you. Um, 
cluster. I mean, I got a couple of, of painters that, that really helped me out along the way up um, that were there before me. And so I, just that mutual respect, we always will bounce things off of each other or what paint do we use for that color? Or, Hey, I got to order your baits or your color. Um, what do you use for paint? And so that's, you, you, you kind of tell each other back and forth. And I, I like being on that level rather than the, you know, clutch and pearls kind of deal. I, we, I'd rather have an open sharing platform of, of, of things that we, we can use to make, make these baits look better or an easier process of how to do it. Um, but there's still a lot of variation in, in, in people setups. Um, number one. So I spray an auto clear and, and I started off with an epoxy. I went to dipping and then I ended up at where I'm at now. Um, but not everybody's going to be set up that way either. So you try to, you try to help out as many people as you can. Um, there are still some things that I probably will, <laughs> will, will not tell. And it seems ridiculous. Like I, I, as I'm talking about it right now, it seems ridiculous to have that mind mentality when it comes to a, a hobby, but you get yeah, that one, I, I mean, yeah. but that, we're talking to anglers here, so it's like everybody <laughs> knows what it's like to, you know, lie about something or, you know, mislead somebody about where they caught some fish. So th- this is it's not that much of reach. And, you know, I respect that personally. I kind of want to ask it that way anyways. Like, you don't have to share the details, but ultimately, I think the big picture is that quite a bit goes into it. You know, quite a bit of, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're a chemist, you're, you know, you're, you're everything. You're, you're a zoologist, you're, you know, you're a passionate angler to begin with, uh, which I respect you, you know, you've, you, you, you put your time in as an angler and you love all that, but you've got that biology background. You, you know, you, you educated yourself that way. And now, you know, this is, um, you know, gone beyond a hobby at this point and you're on a really high level with painting baits, but it's a whole nother skill and, and, and everything's kind of converging. And I think that it's important to sort of point out that it is something that, you know, you put a lot into um, because it's, it's an expense, right? Like that, that, that I feel like is part of this conversation too. It's like, well, custom baits, like, you know, like, like you know, a lot of people either wouldn't, don't even know what we're talking or, you know, wouldn't consider what we're talking about as like, you know, uh, something valuable or something that they would even consider because anything that they ever know about it is that it just makes a bait cost way more and all it is is a little bit of paint. But I guess that's what I'm pointing out here is that like, you know, my tackle boxes aren't full of a bunch of custom baited stuff, uh, painted, painted stuff, but you know, I respect it a whole bunch because a lot, a lot goes into it. What would you say is like some of the more meaningful things for you uh, in this hobby, like things that you do, like, where do you feel like, you know, a custom painted, a custom design, custom painted bait is like the most meaningful? What is the situation? Who should, who should really be considering, you know, looking into stuff like this? There's a, there's kind of, I guess, two parts to that. There, the idea of tournaments getting one, on a color that you designed or you thought up and, and put on a bait. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like, uh, you were part of the tournament. You know, I, I don't get a lot of time to fish these days, so I still get to pay attention and, you know, make sure what's working and, and talk to a couple of the guys that, that do, uh, have, have my stuff or they'll reach out to me after the tournament and be like, dude, I don't know what you did to this one, but it worked the best. Um, and then we ended up painting, painting a bunch of, you know, that was a, this last summer, it was a bunch of jig wraps and it wasn't much different than what's offered 
stock wise, but it was just a, I put a couple different variations to it and seemed to do it for them anyway. Um, uh, and more so, so just this last summer we were fishing uh, DWC and they just seemed to be going on pink and purple. And I, I mean, I got a lot of different pink and purple variations of baits, and, but there were just one particular one that continued to work all the time. Um, and it's actually, it's a Berkeley color now, um, but it's, uh, it, it was just that, I don't know if it was a combination of, was it more of a contrast thing or if it was a sunny to overcast, uh, but that one bait outperformed any other pink and purple bait that I put on. So I was close on colors, but just that simple variation seemed to be better for for us day, that day pre-fishing. Um, and that's kind of where I always, I, I go back to when I'm in the booth and, it was, it was that combination, but it was, was it the fish seeing it as it goes by? Was it the red tail on it? Was it, you know, what could it have been? So it's those variations that are variables that I always try to take into account when it comes to, do you really need that custom bait <laughs> or, or do you need something close to what you've been using? Do you, do uh, you, that's kind of my justification. Do you, do you, uh, kind of, do you, do you feel like you have to use one of your custom uh, painted baits every time you throw? Like, like, or do you still throw a few stock baits here and there just to kind of mix it up? Oh, you know, there's a lot of stock colors that work incredibly well. I mean, that's why you see Fire Tiger in almost every brand. Yep. You know, it's some of those that just, they work well. I, my, a lot of my, uh, my colors are because of those colors. Not exactly the same thing, but why is that combination of that color still on a stock bait that I've seen since I was a kid and probably has been there before me. This episode of the JMO podcast is brought to you by the CS1 suit from Cold Snap. This jacket and bib combination is good for all seasons. The jacket featuring the full event lamination, 100% waterproof shell with waterproof YKK zippers, fleece-lined hand-warm pockets on the chest, magnetic closures on the pockets, hideaway D-rings for accessories, especially like your Cold Snap toothpick. Zip out the inner liner featuring Primaloft 900 gold insulation, HydroFloat technology. Wear this Cold Snap logoed performance liner as a separate jacket on the ice. Or you can just wear it around town as nice as it is. The bibs matching the jacket system. We're talking the lamination, the waterproof, the zippers, fleece lined, warming pockets on the chest, magnetic closures on all the high use pockets, and the hideaway D-rings for all your accessories again. Zip out the inner liner pants featuring the Primaloft 900 gold insulation, HydroFlow technology, removable knee pads. You can take them out, replace them whenever they're worn, or just take them out when you're wearing it in the summer. Because in the summer, in the boat, you can wear this shell as your highest performance rain gear. Wear the entire system in the ice season or as layers and mix and match the components to fit whatever the weather conditions are. The gloves, cold snap performance, gear hoodies, event soft shell jackets, and vests. All of that and more details can be found at coldsnapoutdoors.com. That link is in the description of this podcast or through other pro staff partners. Everybody listening to this podcast has a passion for the outdoors. Wouldn't it be great? Or have you ever even thought about how great it would be to live and work in and around like-minded people, making a difference, contributing to the resources that you love so much? The North Dakota Game and Fish Department is hiring. 
If you're just starting out, if you're looking to build your resume, seasonal wildlife and fisheries technicians are the perfect way to gain experience and spend the summer with cool people just like you. If you're currently sitting in your office, you're sick of staring at the same four walls, enough is enough. Join a team of elite outdoor conservationists and become a district game warden. If you or somebody that you know needs to learn more about these opportunities, head to the link that is in the description of this podcast. That's gf.nd.gov jobs. I think about this day and age, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, when it comes to bait selection, I'm, and I'm, I'm the guy that's asking these questions to my guests. Like, I'm not a pro. I'm the amateur's amateur at best. So I need to know this sort of thing or need to know some of these people's opinions. But it seems like, you know, we're talking a lot about either matching the hatch, where you're trying to be very natural or realistic in a bait, or... Um, you know, you're trying to stand out, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about bright colors. We're talking about, you know, we got to get that fish's attention and either call them in to us like an ice fishing scenario, or, you know, you're fishing fish that, um, you know, there's a lot of forage around. So, you know, you got to do something to kind of, you know, set yourself apart from all the other minnows or all the Cisco's that are already down there kind of a thing. Um, and I feel like in both of those categories, in both of those races, when you're trying to match the hatch, you know, you can't get realistic enough. And I feel like when I see, it's so impressive to me when I look at custom painted bait, baits from you or, you know, people, you know, colleagues of yours, like anywhere across the country, across the planet, you know, you, see, you watch YouTube, you watch all this stuff and and when I see some how realistic you can get a bait painted up, it's it's uh, it's two or three levels above anything I would find on the shelf. So if I'm the type of guy that thinks I'm going to match the hatch, I feel like a couple of baits, a couple of custom baits against you know the stock baits that you get on sale at Fish Fest or you know whatever it is, um, I feel like. You know, it's so worth it in my mind for confidence. You know, like you say, you don't even and anymore. You don't have to be fishing for a tournament or anything like that to be to geek out on this stuff. That's why I think this conversation, um, you know, is probably a long time coming because I'm not like some tournament angler whatsoever. But all the fishing conversations fascinate me, and I just feel like, you know, when it comes to custom painted bait, that matching the hatch, you know, you'll never get to that level. So a few extra dollars just to have a few of them in your tackle box might legitimately be the difference that day if that's the deal. On the flip side, again, I just look at the artwork and I just feel like if you're the type of person that has strong opinions about bright colors in certain situations or a particular color that obviously doesn't necessarily show up in nature, if you like the the major right. chartreuse, chartreuse or the oranges, you know, I mean, like, like it's the, all these really fancy baits that are painted up. Like you'll never get that level of detail and certainly the separation from everybody else that is pulling the same colors. Right. No, um, for sure. And so I just feel like, you know, you know, there's so many people out there that might, 
um, you know, maybe poo-poo the idea because, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's more expensive to have a tackle box full of these baits, but I don't necessarily feel like you have to be one way or another. I don't feel like you have to have, you know, 10 grand worth of custom baits in your boat and nothing, you know, off the shelf. I think that, uh, Correct. I think that there is a tremendous value if you, um, if you're that type of person that can think your way through your bait selection uh, you know, the decisions that you make on your, you know, colors and things you like to try. Um, when I look at, uh, you know, some of these custom painted baits, you know, but it could obviously be a rabbit hole. You're going to want to save some beans because guess what's going to happen. We're going to all try out <laughs> some of your baits. We're going to catch fish on them. And then it's like, Oh man, we're going to spend our really one of these. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I love it. I, I, I love it. And I, and I love the, you know, the idea and the, and the, and the stories of, of it. Um, you know, any other cool stories from your crease? You've been doing this for eight, nine years. Like did, you know, when you started, you probably didn't think you'd get to this point. What have been some of the fun more meaningful things that have happened to you as far as um you know when you first started this to now you know the one big one a couple of years ago out on green bay um, nwt was there i had uh i had painted some baits for one of the anglers and they must have done really well on them because he wanted five more i had three days to get them done and uh so i got them done that first night and i had an overnight on the next day and the, the overnight charge was 180 something dollars and I kind of had to laugh up. I, I talked to the guy. I was like, I, I can't cover the shipping. Like, <laughs> you can meet me halfway on it or something. But, you know, this is beyond my normal, having overnight five ripping wraps yeah. out somewhere in Wisconsin, you know. And and uh, so I did that. And I was kind of, you know, I was, I was excited to see what happened that weekend. And we were out fishing up in the tail race and uh, watching the live results as they go. And he ends up winning it. And it was one of those just kind of, Holy, holy crap moments. Yeah. Like that we just overnight, it wasn't necessarily that he was using my baits, but it was the amount of effort that went into that. And I didn't know if he had used them at all or not. And and he came across the stage and, and, uh, thanked me for doing what I did for him. And it was, it was kind of one of those things. And here I am just this guy and that does this outside of his actual job in the basement of his house. (laughs) And there's a, you know, kind of the pinnacle of, of walleye fishing. Yeah you know, with, with your name attached to it. So I was kind of fun that way. Oh man. Yeah, that would be, that would be the, that would totally be the deal, man. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. I did, I had, I didn't know that story whatsoever, but well, I'm definitely super interested and curious about this stuff. I, you know, I, I don't know, like again, the custom bait thing is, um, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's not everybody's, favorite conversation it's like i think a lot of people might not even expose themselves to it or you know just you just sort of walk around the idea of of a custom baited paint or, or you go to the you go to shields anymore and there's just so much on the shelf um there's so much on the shelf to choose from there that why would you consider getting something different but i think that's part of the meaningful you know portion of this conversation that i just like highlighting and hearing your stories you know personal stories and this the anglers that you work with that you know, uh, if you can get some things figured out, if you're that type of angler that's, you know, probably, um, you know, if you're really being self-aware, you're probably an above average angler. You may or may not fish tournaments, definitely not exclusive to people that fish tournaments, but just if you're looking for a, 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 another wrinkle, you know, another thing to kind of create a, another level of confidence in your game, um, you know, some of these, uh, 
you know, the, these custom painted baits can definitely put a little, you know, a little uh, skip in your step when you're out there chucking it. And when you know no one else has it. And you know no <laughs> one else has it. Do it. Dude, you that's literally it. Like, that's the one sentence that I was trying to explain in, like, a whole story there. But, yeah, totally, totally. Is there anything, like, um, you know, any any particular thing, you know, that you feel like catches fish as far as... Um, you know, uh, certain colors in certain situations. Like, is there anything we can talk about there? Talk to, talk about glow, UV, like all that whole conversation. Like, um, you know, is there any, any, any little offerings you can give us when somebody's looking for a well designed and painted bait? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think I go body of water specific when I think colors, um, you know, and that's, it's, it's cool. That goes back to the young of the year thing and natural forage, stuff like that. And then, you know, expanding off of that into the fluorescent colors and kind of making the, the so what looks like a perch, but kind of a wild perch, something that I haven't seen before. So it might be pink and purple or, or whatever color you want, or it might be completely natural, um, chrome body or white body or whatever. Um, so that's kind of my first thought whenever I, cause I get a lot of the, you know, I don't know what, what to get. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask where they're fishing and then we kind of go from there. Um, but you know, you go to Missouri river and, purple is pretty dominant for me might not be for everybody but if if we're pulling stick baits or something like that there's a there's a purple something on usually purple Destin from rapala um that's on there um and then um you know the hip stick stuff like that i always got a couple of, of stock stock colors that are purple as well some of them are spiced up a little bit but you know sakakui has always kind of been one of those weird ones you get perch you get you know, white bass, stuff like that. Yeah. That's the kind of the forge you have or smelt. So that's kind of my driver for what color I, I send back first or what I'm going to use jigging or, or whatever it may be. So, you know, soft plastic that you throw on. Uh, but for sure, as far as my recommendations go to the to customers is that we try to get something that should work because I want them to be successful just as much as they want to and, and try to throw in a unproven bait in that area is i guess not in my purview if it works out there somehow great that opens up a whole new market um but you look around here i mean we have our major body weight major bodies of water that you see the mass vast majority of of anglers uh you go to green bay and i mean it's if you want to see the custom bait capital of the world it's pretty much any convenience store in, in or around uh lake erie and that whole area, it's it's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. I can only imagine that. You know, you've probably seen this. You've probably seen this before. But uh, you go on YouTube. Like, I, I, I watch YouTube, too much YouTube. But um, that dude that dives over in Green Bay, like in the Fox River and all that, he's a diver and he cuts the baits off the bottom and he comes out with like, you know, he just kind of shows all the baits that he finds like stuck to the bottom and all that. You know what I'm talking about? It's crap. And Ed the diver. Oh yeah, dude. Like, and, and then maybe there's more than one, but I'm talking about the one that everybody knows. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. I, it's a, yeah, he's on YouTube or Instagram or whatever it is, but dude, I can just watch that. And I just, there are times where I just, uh, uh I'm just cringing at how, the custom baits that he's, you know, cutting off the bottom over there. And how many times a $10 sign flashes in my head as I, oh. as I look at all of them too. Oh, brutal. Yeah. And k- kudos to him for getting that stuff out of the river and all that. And, um, and oh, you know, awesome. and, uh, yeah, it's a really, really cool thing, but it's, that was, that's actually one of my influences in, in regards to this whole, like 
custom bait kind of a deal is like there's probably it's very situational just like everything in fishing is so like well when do you do this how come you how come that your opinion is this like it's all experiences based off of very specific situations and you know you're alluding to it like you make your decisions as far as like painting and the type of baits and the size of baits like you're already thinking situationally like let's start with the body of water let's do a little research on forage base and 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 find out you know like you know, just kind of almost like break down, you know, somebody's entire fishing situation that will really help you get to, you know, you narrow down what you might be looking for in a custom bait. And uh, I think that that is super, super smart. There's just a lot of levels to it, but that is watching those videos out there. It's like, man, what was somebody doing in like dirty water casting from shore somewhere like full of rocks and all that? Like everybody knows you lose baits there like every single spring and somebody's out there just whipping like you know $22 ripping wraps it's like oh my <laughs> goodness dude so crazy but anyways anyways no, man probably the, some of the f- funner things or more fun things I've done with the painting has been like uh, kind of kids coloring contests so I don't know if you saw any of that um, through my social media but we'll do these coloring contests and I mean it's it's insane what these kids come up with. They're, it's almost impossible to paint some of them, but I usually pick out three, four winners and and uh, paint that bait that they colored on and try to match it as best I can. That's been uh, kids maybe softened me up throughout the years here, I guess. But the, the the joys of tournament anglers using my baits and winning big money and stuff like that is is uh, I guess not my primary. It's probably still up there, but it's it's been kind of fun watching other kids get into this too and, and, and giving back a little bit to is the, the young anglers essentially yeah. I, I see that in my kid where he's got this little sparkle in his eye about it and man keeping kids at least out of trouble or giving them something to do or an opportunity for a career later in life you know it's it's kind of been that unsung driver for me for for the last couple of years probably that's a phenomenal closer because I I would co-sign it like this. Like I'm on the outside looking in where everything you just said and everything that you've been talking about for yourself, if you were to get a young person into this or introduce them into this and it could just be like, I'm thinking about like my nieces and nephew, like getting some fingernail polish and painting up some daredevils to go catch Northerns with like that activity right there is going to spark a conversation about well, where are we going fishing? What do we yep. want our bait to look like? What, you know, what are we going to try to fool this fish into biting this for what particular reason? And we choose this color or this design. Um, you know, we're talking about forage base. We're educating ourselves on that with a young person. You know, you're having a conversation about the body of water you're going. And fishing is just a fun activity to do anyways. Like you said, it keeps them, you know, out of the video games and out of, out of trouble. No, I hope that this conversation, you know, I'll, you know, I, th- I think about I, 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 what I wanted to accomplish when I was talk- I thought about calling you, um, you know, was, you know, talking about your passion and, and relating to you and, and how you came up and got introduced to it. And, uh, you know, just where the artistic sort of side, you know, comes from. And I like that, you know, you weren't just a born and bred artist. You know, you, you, you come from the fishing background. You have the, you know, you, you went to school, you educated yourself. You know, you've got that biology there, that science background. Um, and, and you're a passionate angler. And it all kind of 
comes together to sort of make this, you know, hobby what it is for you. And then the opportunities you've had um, to sort of, you know, for me to learn who you are is, is cool. And I like all that and the process of how you do it, it definitely brings value to it. And then just sort of talking about, you know, some of the situations where, where it really helps catch more fish and helping people decide if maybe they qualify as somebody that should be looking into this, you know, bringing value, um, was really the sort of the big picture that I wanted to try to accomplish with you. So anything else that we should talk about along those lines or any, anything, um, anything that you always like to talk about or questions that you get that, uh, that you'd like to answer here? I get, uh, I get asked a lot what my favorite bait is to paint, but I really don't, I don't it's tough to have one. Um, I always say the size of the bait is more important in the sheer fact that I can put more detail on a bigger bait than I can a little bait. So that's really the only difference I have, I guess. Um, anybody, any kids looking to get into this, or even adults looking to get into it, um, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in buy once, cry once. I, get get the good airbrush right away. You you can cheap it out on on compressors and some of the paints and stuff like that, but it's going to get really frustrating. Maybe even to the point where you don't prolong that hobby any longer yeah. if, the, if your equipment is is not good. Yeah, and the airbrush itself, it's not incredibly expensive it's it's about 150 bucks but what i have in paint downstairs could pay for the house i think so <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it it's it's a fun hobby to get into i got my kid involved in it he's doing baits now too it's something both you and your, your kids can do um even if they sell one to grandma or they start a business out of it anywhere in between um i think it's just it's something fun to to have a good conversation piece um if you do any kind of tournament angling it's it's Nice to have that skill on your side. You don't got to tell your secrets then to anybody. Um, it's just, I enjoy it. It's my it's my little mark in the on the fishing industry. Oh yeah, dude, dude. I think it's cool, man. I think it's really really cool. And uh, how about this? Well, we can wrap this up if we think of more things that we need to talk about, which we probably will. Uh, we'll just do another one of these down the road. But we can wrap this up. We're super good on time. Um, let everybody know where they can find you. Or maybe take a look at some of your stuff or ask questions if they have them. So absolutely. I, uh, my, my Facebook page is DH Custom Baits, same as my Instagram. Um, I post most of my stuff to there. Um, I've been told by the younger generation I got to get a TikTok, and I don't really know what it is yet or how to work it, but <laughs> I'm trying. And uh, I don't know, that's, that's the main three places. My website is dhcustombaits.com. Um, I'm always kind of updating colors and products as we go. Um, winter is always a bit busier time with all the ice fishing and, and baits that I do provide for that season. So any of those, um, you can uh, message me on any of those I, or email me. I try to respond as fast as I can. Right on, right on. And you, and you, uh, you have your own inventory or you take special requests? Like what's the spectrum of your offerings? So yeah, so ice fishing, I, I pretty much provide most of my inventory. If you have baits that you like or you already own and you want to have them repainted, that's kind of my bread and butter. Um, we talk on the phone, we send them in to me, uh, repaint them and send them back. Um, custom options on the website, just select that and that's how you pay for it. But yeah, it's uh, my, my ice fishing stock is is pretty much what i have on hand or you send the bait into me and then I, I repaint for you right on that's it man that's it so anyways yeah dude i appreciate it we'll be in touch um okay. yeah well uh dude yeah i guess i just appreciate you doing it on short notice man thanks all right bud. have a good night laters Bye.